0: Welcome, everybody. Time for another episode of Asher Sales Sense, brought to you by Asher Strategies, the only global sales training company that integrates leading sales methodologies and the latest neuroscience studies into a simple and repeatable 10-step process. Thank you, Paul. Paul is our announcer for Asher Sales Sense, and I'm Dave Potts in the Asher Strategies Studio in Washington, D.C. Our host and guest today is Kylo O'Connell. Senior Partner and Sales Facilitator at Asher Strategies. The title of the show is Personality Stretch Strategies to Reach Optimal Performance Levels. Hello, Kyla.
1: Hi, Dave. It's great to be here with you. It, it's always
0: <laughs> great. We've had so much fun over the years training and traveling together. It's just like old times, although we don't get to travel much right now.
1: I know. I know. I do miss the travel as well,
0: yeah. but hopefully soon. Hopefully. Hopefully soon. Well, in Asher's strategies training courses, you and I have introduced a lot of people to the concept of personalities, but more importantly how personalities interact with each other and how you can improve your sales traction if you know some of the fundamentals. But in the sales training, it's just the beginning of it, and you as a sales coach have with a lot of people, taking this to another level where you can commit to kinds of changes in your own behavior with regard to personalities that can really improve your sales traction. Yes. So I'd like to pick on that a little bit and and figure it out. But first, let's help everybody by explaining what do we mean by personality stretch strategies?
1: Yeah, thanks, Dave. And you absolutely are correct. This is taking it to a higher level. So, once we learn a little bit about our personality traits and where we may have some extremes, it's stretching anywhere you have an extreme personality trait to leverage the strengths of that extreme and then manage the blind spots of it. So, we've all said to ourselves, probably, oh, my biggest strength is also my biggest weakness, but it doesn't have to be. And we can learn stretch strategies so we don't keep falling down due to these weaknesses. In our coaching, we bring attention to these areas of our personality where we may be unaware of why we're having certain challenges, not just in the sales cycle or moving sales through the process, but also maybe even in our lives. I've been coaching salespeople and VPs of sales, sales managers for over 15 years now. I can't believe it's been that long. And it's amazing to me the aha moments that I'm still getting from people who are tenured in their careers, mature individuals, well-trained individuals, but just haven't really had the insight into some of these areas where their personality might be hurting them.
0: Interesting. Do you think most people are aware of where they have personality extremes?
1: In my experience, definitely not. Uh, <laughs> 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 I mean, if they have had EQ training, leadership training, then yes, then maybe they are aware. And similar to our training, however, they're in those programs for a day or two and they get that information. And if it's not followed up with coaching, gets forgotten, right? So the coaching is where we really awaken the awareness of these extremes and teach them not to be upset about it. It's wonderful to have extremes. Want to leverage the strengths that come with those extremes. The extremes are our natural gifts over other people. So we want to leverage those gifts, but we also want to manage The blind spots, I mean, unless they've had that training, and even if they have, they could have kind of forgotten about it, or they have fallen down so much in life, they were forced to address these extreme traits through things like therapy or counseling, and then it's brought to their attention, and then they can start improving these blind spots in their personality.
0: So once people become aware of their personality extremes and blind spots, is what you call personality stretching? Is that easy to learn?
1: Well, typically no, because it is a blind spot to begin with. So they're not even aware that it is hurting them, right? So one of the strategies I teach is you have to learn how to, when you recognize these extremes and the, and the weaknesses that are associated with them, be mindful of the shift from natural instinct to now trained behavior. For example, I always knew I was an impatient personality style. I always knew that. If you go back to even my elementary school report cards, there are notes from teachers saying that I rush through my work and I'm often making mistakes that are unnecessary. It's because I'm rushing. It's because I'm impatient. So I always knew that that was a part of my personality, but it wasn't until I took a personality assessment. Of course, I'm referring to the one we endorse because I'm so familiar with it, the APQ, that I learned that I had a 95% intensity drive score. Wow. Yeah. So what that allowed me to realize was, oh my God, I am not just impatient. I am more impatient than 95% of other people. (laughs) So good to know. Good to know because I'm probably – Rushing them or putting too much pressure on them or um, coming in too strong, you know, all these things that are associated with some of the blind spots with having such a high intensity drive score. And we all end up doing this to some extent naturally if we continue to get negative feedback. But with training, you can be more purposeful and strategic about how and when to stretch. And I think that's really where empowerment lies with knowing yourself. And when you know yourself that well, and then you have the training to really be strategic and leverage the areas of your personality where you're strong and manage the areas of your personality when you're weak, now that's like super empowering. And I have watched clients their confidence just increases because it's almost like you're giving them this missing piece of, why do I keep falling down in this area? Oh, it's because you have a 95 need to serve score and you're giving too much of your time away. And these are some of the strategies you can do to avoid that in the future. And now they feel like they have more ownership of their personality, more leverage, and also more confidence, which has been really rewarding.
0: It sounds like you've really made a great case for the positive part of doing this, but what is at stake if you're not stretching your extreme personality traits?
1: Oh, upsetting people around you and not even realizing it. I make a joke when I am training and I'm introducing the whole concept of extreme traits. I ask the group to raise their hand if they've ever met someone in their life that had an extreme trait in their personality and they were not aware of it. And almost everybody raises their hand, right? Because what's unfortunate is if you're not stretching and you're unaware of it, or you are aware of it and you're choosing not to stretch, you're upsetting people around you because of those blind spots. And also another big thing that's at stake, and I have many examples, myself included, of this, where you can plateau your career, If you're not able to stretch your personality extremes, and you can even plateau your relationships as well. You know, if you look at failed relationships, oftentimes it's because their extreme traits were clashing. So when you bring this insight to people and they are driven and motivated to do that stretching, then oftentimes the other person appreciates it and they can move forward in their relationship. With their career, if someone is not able, to manage the blind spots that are causing some negative feedback, then they might get passed up for a management role or a leadership role. And of course that's not good.
0: <laughs> no, it's a career limiting, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, do, but, but do you ever get pushback from people not interested in stretching? They just say, I am who I am.
1: I do. And it's unfortunate because they will not then reach higher levels of emotional intelligence. And that's okay. I mean, not everybody wants to go down this journey. We've all met people in our lives that clearly haven't gone through emotional intelligence development. And I just try to encourage them to want to learn more about how to leverage their personality strengths and overcome some of those blind spots. Give you a quick example one of my coaching clients has a very high assertiveness trait. So what the APQ does is it gives you a score on a scale of 1 to 100% in nine basic, they call them primary personality traits. So whether you have a 5% or a 95%, or you could have a 50%. And if, if you have a moderate trait, then you probably don't have blind spots in that area. But if you have a low, extreme low, anything under 20 or extreme high, anything over 80, there are strengths associated with both extremes and there are also blind spots. So when I was coaching one of my clients who has a 95 assertiveness, one of the strategies that I encouraged him to try was at the next sales meeting to be silent as long as he could be. And I wanted him to feel the power of silence because he had never experienced that before. He's always talking. <laughs> when you're talking, as you know, Dave, you're not learning anything. You're just, you know, already spilling out. That was with, pointed
0: at me. I could tell.
1: <laughs> all of us talk too much, right? That's that's our personalities. I have high assertiveness too. When I learned how to leverage silence, whether I'm in a you know an executive meeting or listening to a client speak about their companies, if I'm talking all over them, I'm not learning anything. So I just asked him, I said, I want you to really leverage silence and be mindful of silence during this meeting. And I also wanted him to understand when you have an extreme in your personality, whether it's high or low, you'll probably only be able to stretch about 20 or 30 points, right? So that puts you in the middle or the moderate area, which is now where you can be leveraging the strength of the extreme and also managing the blind spot. You'll never pendulum swing the opposite. You'll never go from being too assertive to a church mouse, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I think that when people realize because that stretching feels so big to them and it feels so different, they think they're stretching the opposite extreme and there's no way. I've never seen anybody stretch to the opposite extreme. It's almost impossible to do that, right? So anyway- That was the strategy that we put in place for client here. And he reported back after the meeting how powerful he felt. He said, wow, people were really tuned in and they asked me to contribute and everybody was looking at me waiting for me to speak. And it's because I was silent and I said, yeah, I know. See, now you see the benefit of both sides of this extreme and now you can leverage the assertiveness. You'll always be assertive when you need to be. But now you can also leverage the silence and manage that blind spot. And he was so excited about it. And you're talking about somebody who's 25 years into his career, certainly very well-trained individual, just never really did this deep dive into his personality.
0: That's a great story. It's never too late in your career to have a life-changing moment, right? Absolutely. and And I think this is a good moment for us to take a pause to learn a little bit more about the APQ this uh, wonderful personality tool it's time for that quick commercial break. Over 200 correlation studies show that natural aptitude is the most significant factor in predicting sales success. Asher's advanced personality questionnaire the APQ consistently identifies peak performers in outside sales, inside sales, sales management, customer support, and 17 other business positions. Go to AsherStrategies.com today or call 866-833-9941. That's Asher Strategies at 866-833-9941. We've been speaking with Kylo O'Connell on personality stretch strategies. Now back to the discussion. Kyla, that was really interesting. I loved the story just before the commercial break. It reminded me a little bit about the first time I took the APQ. Actually, it was it a an earlier version. It was, it was around 2005 when I'd first met John Asher. And I already knew a little bit about my personality, but I found that the personality traits and the focus on the extremes really valuable. And what I did, I took that little chart and I Circled my extremes and I didn't worry about them. I owned them. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I owned them. And then the little stretch tips that were offered, I wrote down on a little card and I just keep that card with me. And that really helped. It really helped me. And everyone around me was appreciative. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get a lot of benefit. And we've always said that sales is so much about people connecting to people. So Let's pursue this a little bit more. Would you consider personality stretching emotional intelligence?
1: Yes, it's actually one of the lower levels of emotional intelligence or EQ, as we could call it. For short, we teach this in the sales training and I really dive deep into this in our coaching. So there are four levels of emotional intelligence and the first level is just awareness, you know, and that's where the APQ comes into play. I used my example of, I always knew I was an impatient personality. I didn't know I was more impatient than 95% of other people. So that awareness was helpful. So that's just being aware is the first step. The second level is the stretching, which is what we're discussing today. What are you going to do about the areas where you have these extremes and how do you manage that? So that all has to do with yourself right? And really being aware and managing yourself. Higher levels of emotional intelligence have to do with being aware of others and what kind of personality style they're coming into the conversation with. And then at the highest level, being able to purposefully manage that conversation in a way that you are mirroring their communication style, if it's not yours, to a place that they feel like you're similar, And we all know just from brain science, right, neuroscience, that when beings feel like they are with others who are similar, they feel safe. And this goes all the way back to, you know, primal instincts, right? When we feel like we are with people who are like us, Mm. we feel safe. We now have the ability to have a real conversation because that person's guard is down, We have the ability to listen and carefully produce a solution that could be helpful to them. And we're not jaded now by uncertainty or lack of trust or annoyance. Because when you are communicating with someone who has the exact opposite personality as you, there's a tendency for the negativity bias to come into play where this person's different than me, therefore they're bad. And that's not true, it's just our instinct, and we can control that in our conscious mind if we're aware of it. That's why some of these lower levels of EQ are so important.
0: Yeah, can you climb that ladder? Can you reach the highest levels of EQ without learning how to stretch your own personality extremes?
1: I don't believe you can, because let's take, for example, My personality style is what we refer to in the APQ world as an expressive communicator. So extremely high intensity and also high empathy. I have a lot of energy. I want to know all about your personal life. I want to share you about my personal life. And I also want to like get a million things done with you. And we're going to just rock and roll and go really fast, right? Well, the personality that is opposite of that, is more of that analytical, contemplative, patient, reflective thinker type personality. So when I am communicating with that different personality style as me, I literally have to be in my mind thinking to do everything that I don't naturally want to do. I naturally want to go fast. I have to think, slow down. I naturally want to learn about their personal life. And I have to think they're more task focused. So without that awareness of being able to not do what you naturally want to do, and then substitute it with something completely opposite of what you naturally want to do, you're not going to be able to mirror and match that communication style, which then allows you not to be able to reach that higher level of EQ. I
0: imagine some people are more adaptive, but still it's a foundational thing, isn't it? You have to understand it before you can play at that higher level.
1: Right. And it's interesting you mentioned that some people are more adaptive, and you're absolutely right. My husband, for example, only has one extreme out of all nine. And so all of his traits are in the moderate range, which allows him to be very easy to get along with, which is good for me. (laughs) Because he doesn't really have any of these extremes that are glaring, right? He is very good at naturally mirroring people. And people with higher levels of empathy tend to be more natural at it. But anybody can learn it. So for those of us like me who have more extremes in our personality, it's more of an effort for those of us who are more extreme. But those who are more moderate in these traits and more empathetic tend to be more natural at it.
0: It's important, but how critical is EQ? We were talking about emotional intelligence in business today, especially during this time.
1: We're hearing this from all of the thought leaders, including John Asher and also Harvard and people who are studying what's going on in the world and the economy today. And how is the business community changing and how is sales changing? And I think one of the common strings that I've read in all of the research since you know March, I guess, is that serving is now selling. Emotional intelligence and operating from that higher level of EQ is serving because it's not about what we want. It's not about our personality that's coming into the room that everybody should just deal with. It's about serving that other person who, especially during a crisis, in addition to their personality traits you know, being different than ours, They might have actually just been going through something additionally challenging, like a sick family member or a family member that's on the front lines of this crisis or someone who lost their business. So if we don't pay attention to where that other person is and serve them by matching their level of communication and their communication style, then they're just going to shut us down. They're just going to be, you know, moving on to the next thing and we don't have a chance. So we have to raise our levels of EQ today. We have to raise our levels of empathy today more now than than ever.
0: Yeah, especially with limited means of communication, our channels are more limited. Even though we have Zoom meetings, we don't have that face-to-face kind of contact that body language that we used to be able to read. We need all the skills we can muster to communicate with Yeah, each other. and
1: and the the, the days of winging it, you know, we talk about this in our sales training yeah. when we were really mm-hmm. referring to, hey, don't wing the sales skills. Like, let's learn them and be purposeful in executing them in front of the customer. Because yeah. unfortunately, in the selling skills, a lot of people who've been in sales a long time uh, kind of wing it. And and that's OK. I mean, it's a natural thing to do to start to get a little complacent in these skills. Well, we do the same thing with our emotional intelligence and we just kind of show up and if we're not purposeful and we're really at that highest level of awareness so that we can match where this person's coming from and match their pace in how they're speaking. If they're a fast talker, speak fast. If they're a slower talker, speak slower. Their energy level, their tonality, even certain words that they say, we have to be at a higher level of awareness to be able to even notice those things. And then in addition to the trained behavior, and then using those neuro-linguistic programming techniques we teach to help that person feel comfortable with us immediately.
0: Well, to the point, say a listener decides, I want to begin this process of stretching my personality extremes. How would they go about that?
1: Well, contact us at com. If you engage with us, you could feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn if that's a more direct route for you. And ask for a demo. We have all kinds of information on our website that allows you to give us your name and email address for more information. And we'll schedule a demonstration of the assessment so you can see the personality traits that the assessment is measuring and the reports that you receive. And if you... Go through that process with us. We will set up an account for you and even give you a free APQ.
0: Wonderful. And so if you want to be a sales pro, you need to get a professional assessment, right?
1: Definitely. And the more you know about yourself, the more leverage you have, the more effective you can be, not just in your sales relationships, but in your relationships in in life. And if it's a blind spot, then without this type of, training and tool, it'll continue to be a blind spot and perhaps hold you back.
0: So people can improve their careers and make people around them more comfortable, more happy, and it sounds like a beautiful future. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kyla, it was uh, really great talking with you today. We're just about out of time. Any last thought, anything you want to leave the listeners with?
1: Sure. You know, I think that if there are any high levels of skepticism, people listening to this, listening today, (laughs) because I've certainly had that personality trait person ask me or be skeptical of personality stretching and say things like, I don't want to be manipulative. I don't want to not be who I am. And it feels manipulative. If you're trying to be somebody you're not, or communicate in a style that's different than what you would naturally communicate with. And I totally changed the paradigm of that conversation. and. Tell them that managing your personality and mirroring the personality of the person you're having a conversation with is actually the kindest thing you can do for someone. Meet them in their sandbox. It is the kindest thing you can do so they feel safe with you. And now you both have an opportunity to build a relationship. So it's not manipulative. It's actually the opposite. It's the kindest thing you can do.
0: That's a great thought to leave us with. And unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. For our listeners, be sure to join us again next week at the same time. From now until then, John Asher reminds us to please, please get out there and sell something. Paul, take it away. You've been listening to another episode of Asher's Sales Sense right here on Asher Strategies Radio. To learn more about how John Asher and his training and coaching team of former business leaders can help you close deals faster, simply visit AsherStrategies.com.